Hey everybody, before we get into the show, I wanted to let you know we've got another live show coming up. We will be back at Maya Cinemas on Thursday, May 23rd for Furiosa, the latest in the Mad Max series. We are so excited for this one. Joining me to talk about it, we've got Sam Novak, Shahab Zargari, and Tony Gonzalez. A great lineup. It's going to be an awesome movie. We are so excited to talk about it. So make sure to check the show notes. There are opportunities to win tickets. You could also buy tickets. And we hope to see you there Thursday, May 23rd, 6 p.m. at Maya Cinemas for Furiosa. Right, welcome to another episode of Piecing It Together, the podcast where we take a look at a new movie and try to figure out what movies inspired it. And today on the show, it's one that we've been trying to get around to for a while now. We actually got a lot of requests for it back when it was in theaters and we just couldn't get scheduling right, but here we are doing it. We are covering Jordan Peele's Us. This was, of course, Jordan Peele's follow-up to Get Out, which was just a big, huge cultural phenomenon, and uh, a lot of people were excited to see what he would be doing next, and what he did next, um, I'd say it was a pretty solid follow-up. I mean, people really did seem to love this movie. Um, We've got a little bit of uh, mixed thoughts on it as we get into this conversation, but overall, I think it was a, a definite success, and certainly a lot of fun to talk about with my returning co-host, Josh Bell, who actually has a new podcast coming out that I am producing called Awesome Movie Year. So we'll be talking about that later in the episode. But, um, you know, before we get into this conversation, I want to remind you, as always, please make sure you are subscribed to Piecing It Together on your podcast app of choice. You can follow us on social media at PiecingPod and join our Facebook group, Popcorn and Puzzle Pieces, a movie discussion group. All right, let's jump into the conversation about us. After all this time, let's do it. All right, it's been a long time in the making, but you knew we had to do an episode on us. So joining me today is Josh Bell. Josh, how you doing, man? I'm doing very well. How are you? I'm all right, man. I'm all right. Uh, This is an episode a lot of people have actually asked me about it. Why didn't we do an us episode? And... uh, you know, we wanted to, just never got around to it. I, I, I had somebody lined up at one point, it fell through, and then it, we tried to get it happening again, it fell through, and then you suggested you'd be interested in doing it, and I was like, you know what, let's make it happen for the VOD release, and we're yeah, finally there. This so. is a fascinating movie uh, that has been dissected thoroughly uh, yes. over the last several months, but we can dissect it a little more. I think uh, if if nothing else, uh, this movie will, will always be remembered for for giving birth to the uh, ending explained videos on YouTube. <laughs> I mean, they existed before, but wow, are there? There's probably a thousand of them. For yeah, this <laughs> yeah. There, the 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 need to over explain everything <laughs> yeah. in movies is a terrible modern <laughs> online trend. But that's a separate uh, yeah. discussion topic. Yeah, let, let's not criticize it too much before we even get into all any right. puzzle pieces yes. or anything. So. <laughs> well, uh, all right. So why don't we jump into us? People have been waiting. What do you got for your 
first puzzle piece? All right. Well, my first puzzle piece is a movie that uh, I kind of wished was more of an influence on this on us, but uh, is definitely an influence on sort of the first half, mm-hmm. uh, and that is The Strangers, mm-hmm. uh, Brian Bertino's super scary, uh, very intense home invasion thriller. Um, and, and Us definitely starts out as that kind of movie. Uh, you've got the family in this sort of isolated uh, vacation home, and these mysterious people show up at their doorstep, and they don't say anything, and uh, they're wearing strange outfits. Um, and it's super unsettling. And The yeah. Strangers is, is very much... I, I still remember seeing that movie... Uh, at like 10 in the morning at a press screening and not knowing anything about it and coming out and just being like, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and that movie is so intense. In, in, in The Strangers, it's just a couple. There's no children. Uh, but Liv Tyler and Scott Speedman, who play the couple, that they're having some marital difficulties and they're in this uh, sort of remote cabin to get away from things. And these masked invaders show up and just start terrorizing them for no apparent reason. And for me personally, one of the scariest things in a horror movie is when horrible stuff happens and you don't know why. The characters don't know why, <laughs> right. the audience don't know doesn't know why. It's just life is horrible and things happen and that's just how it is. And I think us does a really good job of that in the beginning. Uh, when this family is being tortured by their doppelgangers and they don't understand the reason, we don't know where these people came from or what they're doing. And uh, that part of the movie I found the most creepy. And so, you know, it takes a turn kind of maybe halfway-ish through into a different kind of story, which I wasn't as into. Um, But I love The Strangers, and uh, I really liked the parts of us that most recalled The Strangers. Well, I will see your strangers and raise you a funny games. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Yes, that is another very similar one. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. That'll be my first one. But uh, yeah, no, and all for very similar reasons. Uh, another you know example of the home invasion, just head trip, just fucked up kind of movie. And I completely agree with you. I wish it was more of that. I wish uh, that, you know, it, it, of course... Uh, what Jordan Peele has done here is set up an entire world that needed to be explored, and there's just no way it could have ever stuck to just that. Um, but I, I think that when he's doing it, he's doing it really well because, yeah. in a way, you you could look at at those scenes and just being like, "Oh, it's just strangers and funny games again," you know. Um, but he really does seem to have a really great command of it, and like in and doing stuff that seems new and fresh and scary with that whole kind of a concept, the home invasion concept. Yeah, I I totally agree, and I think that there there are other movies that we could cite that have that similar home invasion sure. uh, structure. Um, but I think he puts a good twist on it. And certainly as I was watching the movie during that part, I was like, wow, this is really like, I I find this kind of horror very scary and he's doing it really well. Even the trailer alone is pretty fucking scary. Yes, (laughs) yes. Yeah, there's a lot of really scary, I think more than, uh, and I don't know if we're going to mention it as a puzzle piece, uh, but more than his previous film Get Out, Mm -hmm. which is intense but is more of a suspense thriller kind of thing and has a lot of humor to it yeah us is much like scarier at least in that first uh first half sure Uh, and i like that about it 
Absolutely. Um, well, yeah, that, that was my first puzzle piece, so let's go back to you again for another one. Okay, well, uh, I'm going to pick something that Jordan Peele himself uh, references uh, like at the very beginning of this movie and has talked about in interviews as well, and that is Chud. Mm-hmm. The, uh, you see a VHS <laughs> copy of Chud at the beginning of this movie, um, and I will say I watched Chud for the first time the other day just oh, for this podcast nice. because I was really determined to include Chud. That's, and why, you know, that's why we keep having Josh Bell back because he does his <laughs> homework, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> and I will say I kind of liked it. Yeah. Um, it is very silly. I mean, I think this it's a movie that it has this dopey title yeah and 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 it stands for cannibalistic humanoid underground dwellers That's which right. is which is even sillier <laughs> uh, and so people think of that and they mock it and deservedly so probably it is a ridiculous title but as a movie it's actually uh kind of is from the early 80s, maybe 82 or something like that. And uh, so it takes place in New York City and it has that kind of gritty, uh, pre-gentrified New York City vibe to it. And it's a lot about like municipal corruption and government uh, sort of sweeping things under the rug. And it's got good performances from uh, John Hurd and Daniel Stern, who are play the main characters. Um, and, you know, also sewer mutants. But <laughs> um, it's actually, like, I think it, it, it doesn't, it falls apart as it goes on and they have no idea how to end it. And it just kind of ends. And I was like, well, what about the, the mutants are still there? Yeah. Um, you know, <laughs> spoiler for Chud, but, um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, uh, obviously us has, uh, these underground dwellers who, uh, rise to the surface and create havoc and, uh, are the product of a corrupt government. Yeah. And so as silly as Chud is, it has a lot of the same themes as this movie, and I think is something that uh, people ought to give a second chance to. Yeah, that's interesting. I, I'm sure I saw it in high school, but it's one of those, like, when you rent, like, 50 horror movies in a row. Right. And, like, you know, just don't even remember. Um, one thing about that, because I actually was going to bring up Chud, uh, one thing that I thought was interesting is that in one year, we've had two directors pull this trick of having a TV with videotapes next to it um, in uh, Gaspar Noe's Climax. Okay. He has a whole bunch of videotapes of, like, he's got, you know, uh, Possession and, and uh, of course, Asperia and stuff like that, um, which are clearly showing some of the influences that are about to be on display within the movie we're about to watch, right. you know? And I thought that that was kind of cool. Huh, yeah, I haven't, I still haven't seen Climax. I know you're a big fan of it. Yeah, but, um, absolutely. Yeah, that that is kind of cool, and I didn't think it was done in a too, like, beating you over the head kind of no, way. it's subtle. Um, it, it's cool. Yeah, and, uh, you know, Jordan Peele is a total uh, horror geek, and I think he's always happy to show off his love of things like Chud. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, right on, I'll go to my next puzzle piece. Uh, my next one is Halloween. Uh, I'm just going to go straight in with that. As far as horror movies go and like just kind of straight horror slasher, I think uh, the thing that makes it stand out as a puzzle piece for me uh, and as an inspiration is the idea of bringing horror to the home and to the suburbs. And um, even once we leave that whole home invasion horror stuff that we were just talking about in the previous pieces, 
uh, we're still running around homes and houses. And now we get like a modern spin, stuff that could have very easily been at home in the the recent Halloween remake, although they didn't do this kind of stuff. But stuff like the, the Amazon Alexa jokes and stuff right. like that. Yeah. That kind of stuff, I think, would have punched up the the halloween remake quite a bit i think it would it would have added a lot of uh, a lot of fun modern flavor to the idea of uh these horror killers coming to the uh coming to the suburbs you know yeah and uh so yeah halloween does that i think in a way that a lot of other movies uh, horror movies try to emulate yeah i mean halloween obviously is an influence on like nearly every horror movie that came after it sure um, and uh yeah, I, I was not super impressed with the recent oh, uh, Halloween sort of reboot or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> um, and uh, maybe they should have hired Jordan Peele to do that one instead. That I think he would have done a good job. Yeah, yeah, yeah I agree. <laughs> but I do love Halloween. The original Halloween is fantastic, is one of my favorite movies ever. So always happy to plug that. <laughs> <laughs> well, what do you got for your next one? All right, well, for my next one, I'm going to do a double up uh, because these are two movies that came out like around the same time and were talked about in connection to each other pretty much in, oh, exclusively at the time that they came out. Um, and they're movies about uh, doppelgangers, so it makes sense to do two of them. Sure. Uh, and one is uh, Denis Villeneuve's uh, Enemy, starring Jake Gyllenhaal. Uh, the other is uh, Richard Oyadi's uh, The Double, starring Jesse Eisenberg. And both of these are movies uh, in which uh, the main star plays two characters who look exactly the same, mm -hmm. uh, and in which one of those characters is maybe not evil, certainly not to the extent that the doppelgangers are evil in us, uh, but not a good person, let's yeah. <laughs> say. And over the course of the movie, the distinctions between the two characters kind of blur, and one character will take over aspects of the other character's life. And of course, I mean, you know, spoilers that we get into here, uh, it's fine, right? We sure. So, you know, the, at the end of Us, we learn that uh, Lupita Nyong'o, uh, you know, the one version actually took over the life of the other uh, version. And both of these movies play with that idea. I mean, a lot more explicitly from the start where the characters are like aiming to take over each other's lives or wanting to take over each other's lives, jealous of each other's lives. Yeah. And that jealousy too is something you get a lot in this movie. The idea that the the underground, the tethered are are constantly jealous of the lives of their, their reflections uh, above the surface. Um, and and both of these movies, I think, are uneven, let's mm. say, um, but they both have really good performances. And I mean, that's something that you have here in Us is Lupita Nyong'o in particular is just fantastic in this oh, yeah. movie, playing very different versions of the same character. Um, and in both of those movies, Jake Gyllenhaal and Jesse Eisenberg do a very good job of playing characters where you can clearly tell the difference, but at the same time, you can really see the connection. And I think that's a tough balance where the characters are distinct from each other, but they're also clearly symbiotic. And to get that yeah. as an actor is really impressive. Um, the double is, I think, a little better. Uh, Enemy is very, very strange mm -hmm. and um, also has a giant spider in it. Um, <laughs> I don't know if you've seen either of these movies. Um, but uh, yeah, they're, they're reflections of each other in a way, those two movies. Yeah. I, and I, I would bring up adaptation just because of them being uh, uh, Charlie and Donald Kaufman right. being real, you know, completing each other in a way. Um, and uh, I, I was just going to make a, 
a quick mention of our buddy Chad Clinton Freeman. Oh, if if yes. he was bringing up that uh, combination of puzzle pieces, it would be Enemy and the Lindsay Lohan starring I Know Who Killed Me. Oh, my me. God. <laughs> I can't say that I've seen that. But knowing Chad, I'm going to guess that he thinks that that movie is secretly brilliant. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds about right. <laughs> well, uh, you know what? For uh, and those are those are great puzzle pieces, and absolutely the uh, the whole doppelganger thing has yeah. to be you know discussed within this episode probably quite a bit uh, as we're going through. Uh, but my next puzzle piece does include uh, doppelgangers as well. Uh, that is the Elizabeth Moss movie, The One I Love. Oh, that was my next one as well, actually. Oh, right, yes. right on, yeah. Uh, which, um, pretty crazy to see her do doppelgangering multiple times in a career. Yeah. That's, uh, that's, I wonder if that's a first, maybe. Yeah, um, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure they're offhand. I know uh, Betty Davis actually made two movies in her career where she played her own uh, twin. Oh, okay. But I'm sure I'm sure there's others, too, but that just pops into my okay, head. Okay, so there's a history. Yes. There's a history. Yes. <laughs> okay. Uh, but yeah, no, they, and obviously that's the only thing that these movies really share um is is the whole doppelganger angle uh but you know elizabeth moss a great actress and to be able to pull off that kind of a thing um and of course you know a little behind the scenes we are recording an episode on elizabeth moss her smell at the same time that we're recording this today so uh it's elizabeth moss day it is and it's a that's a good day to have yeah absolutely. i think we should have more elizabeth moss days (laughs) um yeah that movie is i mean i think more than just the doppelganger aspect i mean it's another movie where they go to an isolated uh, sort of vacation home in order to work on their familial issues. Mm-hmm. Um, and while there, they encounter guess, yeah, doppelgangers. True, huh? um, and those performances, not only Elizabeth Moss, but also uh, Mark Duplass, yeah. who plays her as her husband or boyfriend or whatever in that movie. Yeah. Um, you know, they have to give performances where the doppelgangers are just a little bit different yeah. from the original. I, I, I seem to remember the explanation in that movie being being that the the doppelganger versions are like the the twenty percent better yeah. version <laughs> yeah. of the character, and uh, and I think I remember at the time thinking that I wanted to see the twenty percent better version of that movie because it's not that great. <laughs> but it's Elizabeth Moss is is excellent. Joining me is Josh Bell hates everything. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, no, it's an okay movie. It's a better idea than it is a movie. I yeah, think. and no, Elizabeth Moss is fantastic. <laughs> Well, what do you got for your next one? All right. Well, I'll skip ahead uh, beyond that and then uh, go with Invasion of the Body Snatchers, uh, which is really what the second half of this movie is about. Sure. Um, in in particular, I mean, there's, I think, four different versions of Invasion of the Body Snatchers. And, uh, of course, people know the 1956 original, um, but also the 1978 version starring Donald Sutherland which takes place in San Francisco, um, you know, in the Bay Area, which is where this one is as well. Um, And, you know, gets to the idea of doppelgangers or duplicates taking over the entire world. And that seems to be where this movie is going as we get uh, towards the end of it, that it's, it's expanded from just being this family or this family and their neighbors to being essentially the whole world, although it's not entirely clear uh, how much is being affected. Um, but the idea of the entire population being replaced and, you know, maybe not being able to tell who is the real one and who is the copy sure. uh, is very much something that those movies uh, take on. And the idea of like, well, maybe the doppelgangers have it b- b- better or, you know, have it right. And we've, we've screwed up 
society so badly that maybe it'll be better if uh, monstrous versions of us take over. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, both of those movies, the 56 and 78 versions, also reflect the, the political uh, sort of tone of the time. The 1956 one is a lot about anti-communism and McCarthyism. And in the, the 1978 version, a lot of stuff about like the me generation and self-help and... Uh, psychotherapy and things like that that were becoming really big at the time. And, mm. and this movie certainly, in the endless dissections of it, reflects, you know, a divided America that we have right now and income sure. inequality and stuff like that. So I think that uh, the idea of using that ref to reflect society is something that Jordan Peele is really doing here. Yeah, no, it's absolutely. I mean, it's a heavily political movie. Um, and I, I think... You know, it obviously we'll get into more about uh, you know how we like the movie as we get on and towards the, our closing thoughts and everything. But um, I think an interesting thing about this movie is uh, understanding those themes really kind of bring out the best in the movie. Whereas it's like I found it when I first walked out of the theater, not everything had fully quite hit me what he was trying to say. Um, not until you know later as I'm you know thinking about it and all. And um, at first I'm like trying to dissect every last little horror movie cliche. You know what I mean? And like, like, why is that? And why did that? And why did that? Whereas I think it absolutely, those themes are really what it's about when it comes down to it. And I mean, it's pretty, uh, you know, it's a good puzzle piece too. invasion of the body snatchers because of the way that it used those kind of, uh, you know, those kind of political themes as a main point to the storytelling. Yeah, I think there's a shot at the end or towards the end of this movie where you pull back and you see all of the the tethered mm -hmm. kind of hand in hand. And there's definitely moments in, in Body Snatchers where, in both versions, I think, where, where it pulls back and you realize the scope of how many of these pod people there really are and yeah. how uh, thoroughly they've infiltrated all of society. And it's it's kind of a moment where it hits you, the impact of that. Sure, absolutely. Um, well, I'm going to go with my next puzzle piece, uh, and this one's kind of a little bit of a cheat because it's, uh, it's something that he's said multiple times in the months since this came out, even before it came out while he was doing the press runs, and he even dressed as Jack, Jack Torrance during the press tour a couple of times, and that <laughs> is The Shining. Yeah. Um, this one, I mean, I'm no Kubrick expert or anything like that, so I'm not going to get in too deep about... Uh, about why I just know that it was on his mind a lot of the time. He he talked about it plenty, and like I said, even dressing up. I mean, he he clearly wanted people to think that he was inspired by it. Like no question, you know? Huh? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I mean, obviously, if he says it, then it must be true. Exactly. But... Yeah, <laughs> that's why I'm like, I I think maybe if I had the Blu-ray at home already and could like sit and watch it again, maybe I could uh, tell tell you why exactly that is. But um, but I'm gonna go on his word basically and just mention it. <laughs> yeah, I I mean I I I'm not sure what aspects other than that being a kind of artistically ambitious horror movie sure that that specifically come into play here but um but okay sure hey, why he, not I, I guess two good movies in a row he's earned the right to uh say whatever he yeah, wants to be inspired yeah yeah you know <laughs> he's not the next kubrick you know at least not yet but uh we'll give him that yeah yes absolutely so what do you got next so uh, my last thing is I'm going to do a, a combo again, and mm -hmm. this is a, a couple of TV things. Um, the Star Trek episode Mirror Mirror 
and the Buffy the Vampire Slayer episode Doppelgangland. And both of those are uh, episodes in which evil versions of the main characters infiltrate uh, the uh, main action. Uh, and Mirror Mirror in, in particular, I think, has really uh, created sort of the, the cliches of what the evil twin is. The idea of the evil version of someone having a goatee, for example. <laughs> yeah. uh, I think South Park had a very memorable parody uh, of Mirror Mirror, or at least of that idea. I mean, many, many, many years ago, because South Park has been on for 150 years. But... Um, yeah, especially that Star Trek episode. And I think Jordan Peele has po possibly cited a, a Twilight Zone episode as like an influence for this uh, movie, but um, that's not something I've seen. But I guarantee you he is a Star Trek nerd and has seen the Star Trek episode. And, sure. and that was the first instance of the, quote, mirror universe, which has become a big Star Trek sort of running theme, including I think it has been a major aspect of the most recent uh, Star Trek series, Discovery, uh, which I haven't watched. But um, through all the other series, the idea of this alternate universe where evil versions of all our familiar main characters live and what they want most is to get to our universe <laughs> and yeah. fuck shit up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, I think that is... Uh, very much influenced uh, here, uh, the idea of the tethered and what they want is, and they don't just want to come and kind of hang out. They no. want to really create havoc here. Yeah. Uh, and, and in the Buffy episode, um, that also happens. Um, that has the idea of the uh, sort of the doppelganger being a sexier, more confident version mm -hmm. uh, of the the timid main character. And that's not quite what we have here, but uh, there is an aspect to that of the, the doppelganger characters just doing the things that maybe the main characters wish they could do mm -hmm. if they weren't constrained by traditional morality. Um, so certainly that is a long running theme uh, the evil twin. Yeah. Uh, no one had a goatee in this movie, I don't think. But uh, <laughs> I'm, I would bet that, that that was under consideration at one point. Yeah, absolutely. I could see Winston Duke uh, going that route. Yeah, but. yeah. <laughs> and uh, just to be clear, for the uh, for the finished puzzle, it is Doppelgangland? Yes, Doppelgangland is Good. what it is called. Gotta the make sure. episode, yes. Yeah, I gotta make sure I get that right. <laughs> so. uh, no, that that's great, though. And yeah, I mean, uh, especially Star Trek. I mean, uh, you know that Jordan Peele is probably the biggest Trek nerd. Yes, <laughs> you yes. Know what I mean? So I, I could see that completely. Um, all right, yeah. I got one last puzzle piece, and this one uh, is this one's more of an idea, uh, not so much a, a movie specifically. Um, it is Hitchcock by way of Spielberg by way of M. Night Shyamalan's first few movies. Does that make sense to you? <laughs> I don't know, but okay. Okay, so basically, I, I think this is, uh, and this is. I don't want to say a backhanded compliment because I, I did like the movie. I have my issues with it and with uh, with Jordan Peele's style as a director. Um, but I feel like this is this is so much of the Hitchcock suspense, so much of the Spielberg just blockbuster filmmaking, and so much of what made you know those first few movies of M Night Shyamalan so damn great. Um, kind of rolled up into a next on the line of that kind of a filmmaker that takes those those influences and puts them together. And I think if this podcast had been around when Get Out 
came out, I would be saying the exact same puzzle piece right now. I think I think this is how I would describe uh, uh, Jordan Peele specifically. Not so much the movie itself, but Jordan Peele as a filmmaker. Yeah, I'm sure Jordan Peele uh, has seen Hitchcock's entire filmography oh, yeah. and Spielberg's. Uh, and maybe Shyamalan's as well. I don't know <laughs> if he saw The Last Airbender or not. But, <laughs> maybe not. <that> um, <laughs> yeah, and Hitchcock too. I mean, one. I I mean, in in preparation for this, I was looking up lists of doppelganger films, and Vertigo is one that comes up a lot. Uh-huh. And I, I don't think thematically it really relates sure. to this movie, but certainly that's something that Hitchcock had uh, on his mind in films that he made. Um, and I remember thinking after. After seeing this movie, and and not not as much after seeing it, but also after reading all the interviews with Jordan Peele, where he explained it all way too much, uh-huh. uh, and talked about this giant mythology that he had come up with for the tethered and who mm-hmm. they are and what they mean, it very much reminded me of early M Night Shyamalan, where uh-huh. you're like, dude, just shut up, <laughs> just stop just make explaining the movie and put things, it out there. <laughs> and please don't make a sequel in which the exposition is the point. Yeah, um, and so hopefully. Jordan Peele will not go that route. Uh, Shyamalan has had a yeah up and down mm-hmm. career, um, but uh, yeah, I really don't want to see the Jordan Peele version of Glass. I think mean, that would be a tragedy. <laughs> well, luckily, I think he's uh, he. I think he's a smart enough dude to not let that happen. But I mean, then again, who knows? Yeah, I, I hope mean, that, I hope you're right. Who knows? All right, let's do our finished puzzle, and then we'll uh, get to any closing thoughts. We've got the. Strangers, Funny Games, Chud, Halloween, Enemy, The Double, The One I Love, Invasion of the Body Snatchers, The Mirror Mirror episode of Star Trek, Doppelgangland episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and Hitchcock by way of Spielberg by way of M. Night Shyamalan. Um, you know, one one other thing I wanted to mention, I mentioned Spielberg. Um, so... I like this movie. I, I didn't love this movie. There are things about it, um, you know, especially like that whole having to do big, long exposition dumps is kind of, you know, a shame. And But there are things in the first 30 minutes of this movie that reminded me of like the best of a great Spielberg movie, I thought. I mean, it was, I was so in for those first 30 minutes. And I, no matter what happens after that, um, it really with any movie, if a movie has got me that good in the first 30, I'm, I'm at least going to like it. No matter if things start to fall apart a little bit, things get a little too, you know, up its own ass a little bit. Um, I, I, I'm still going to give it a lot of credit because I, I think he's got. Uh, a lot of style. He 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 put together a very interesting movie, and and I said the same damn thing about Get Out. Um, it's a movie that has you talking. It, we'll be talking about this movie at the end of the year, still, no question. Um, he knows how to make a movie that keeps people, you know, really wanting to engage and talk about it, like for a long time. Yeah, that's true. I think maybe I got a little worn out mm-hmm. uh, on that. Um, I agree with you that the beginning really grabs you, and I would say the first half or so, again, when it's more about home invasion and, sure. and horror and just what is happening, we don't know why, but you know, we got to deal with it and run away and just stay alive. Uh, I liked a lot. I felt like 
yeah, the exposition and the the expansion of it into this whole mythology and the idea that this was something that was happening all over the yeah. world or whatever didn't quite work for me. And I think, you know, you were saying also that that the various political or social allegory aspects of it made it more interesting to you. And I felt like that made it less interesting to me mm. that I liked it as a movie that was just about like, here's some crazy stuff that happened yeah. and it was intense and I was in it in the moment. Yeah. And the more I read the various think pieces about it, which are not the movie's fault, uh, yeah. but also Jordan Peele's own explanations sure. of it, which which are his fault. Um, <laughs> although not the movie, you know, you could separate the movie from his commentary on it and just watch it as a movie on its own. And I think that I liked better than the, the more I read and the more I saw people's takes on it, the more tired of it I got. Mm. Um, so, but it is an interesting, like the fact that you can look at it so many different ways and interpret it in so many different ways. I mean, there were a lot of pieces where you could read it in one way, and then you can see an article that was essentially coming at it in the opposite way. And both of those, uh, enforcing their points and, and being completely confident in that this is what this movie is about. You know, that certainly is something fascinating, but I like this movie most as just like an in the moment thing that can freak you out. Sure. Sure. Yeah. And you know, I, I think for me, it, it's kind of an, almost an up and down kind of thing, which is very strange. It's like, I, I like the movie from the beginning and getting into the home invasion stuff. And then I start to dislike how instead of getting any kind of a form of answers, so to speak, we're getting just, like you said, all the mythology and all that stuff, which really doesn't answer anything. It's just adding to it. So that's when the political stuff kind of comes in and saves it again for me. So yeah. I, I think that's what, what I mean more so than it makes it better. It actually saves it from itself, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I can see that. And it, it definitely does. The more exposition they uh, throw at you in this movie the less it makes sense. Right, exactly. And the more you question how this all fits together. Yeah. Whereas when you know nothing, you don't have to question it because yeah. it's just like, okay, let's yeah. just go. Nobody knows. The, the characters don't know. Yeah. This is just deal with it. And, and like I said, that's the kind of horror that I am most drawn to generally, where it's like, why does this happen? I don't I don't know. Why is there another family coming up from underground that looks just like us? Yeah. Because there is. Because Chud. Right, because <laughs> Chud. Um, because Jordan Peele watched Chud. That is the reason. Um, yeah, but I still think this is a good movie, and uh, I do think it's something that we'll be talking about, you know, through to the end of the year is one of the most notable uh, movies of the year. It's certainly Lupita Nyong'o's performance, which maybe we didn't mention enough. Like, yeah, she's fantastic true. in this movie. Yeah. Playing those dual characters and, and making them distinctive and yet clearly connected. Um, that, if nothing else in this movie, is is super, like, just top-notch. Very, Comple very Completely agree. She, yeah. Uh, yeah, she makes you realize that it is uh, crazy that she's just a CGI creation in the Star Wars movie. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, uh, hey, we finally did it. We finally had an episode on us. Hooray. Uh, congratulations to us. <laughs> uh, Josh Bell, uh, you got anything else you watched recently you want to recommend? Uh, well, speaking of political content, uh, I will recommend the Catch-22 miniseries on Hulu. Uh, produced by George Clooney, who uh, directs a couple episodes and uh, co-stars. Um, it's a modern prestige miniseries, which means maybe it's a little longer than it needs to be. But I think it's a 
a well done balance of uh, adapting a novel that a lot of people say is unadaptable mm -hmm. um, and getting political material that it takes place in World War II, but uh, showing how it's relevant today, balancing the satirical aspects of it and the very dark kind of bleak aspects of this story about a soldier who just wants to go home. Uh, I really like how it approaches World War II. Uh, we don't see even now pretty much any piece of media, any story that you get about World War II is always about, even if it's horrifying and there's death and and horrible conditions, it's always the the cause is noble and people are there for the right reasons. And and Catch-22 really says like, you know what, this was just as futile as any war. And I like that about it. So uh, it's an interesting thing. I think it's worth the time investment. And also the 1970 feature film version directed by Mike Nichols, which was a big flop at the time I watched also is available on Amazon Prime. And mm. I think is actually maybe even better. It, it, it plays up the satirical dark humor aspect more. Uh, and Alan Arkin is great uh, as the star of that. Uh, Christopher Abbott, who's the star of the Hulu version is also very good, but different approaches to the same material, but both good. Um, Catch 22. Right on. And uh, you got anything you want to plug? Well, the big thing we want to plug, of course, is the new podcast, yeah. Awesome Movie Year. That, awesome Movie Year. Uh, we are launching, co-hosted by me and Jason Harris, produced by Dave, uh, who will uh, occasionally be offering his own commentary. And we are tackling a different year in movies in each of our little seasons, uh, taking a look at 12 different films uh, to kind of give you a snapshot of the year. We're starting with 1994. Uh, looking at things like the top movie at the box office and the best picture winner and a future cult classic and other stuff like that. So uh, hopefully people will listen to that and it is launching on July 3rd. And uh, you guys can all check out the show notes. We're going to have all kinds of info on how to find that once it is up and we will make sure you get to check out Awesome Movie Year. It's going to be a great show. It's going to be an awesome show. That's right. That's <laughs> absolutely right. Well, Josh, thanks as always for being here, and uh, I'm looking forward to having you back. Sounds good. My name is Toby. I'm one of the hosts of the Secret Transmission Podcast. We do a satire show all about conspiracies, UFOs, the paranormal, cryptozoology, true crime, and much more. Our show was transmitted to Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, and many other podcast apps. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Secret Transpod. We hope you come listen to us try to explain the unexplainable. All right, I hope you enjoyed that conversation about us. Of course, I hope you've watched the movie now that it's out on VOD. Um, if not, you just got a whole lot of spoilers. But you could still enjoy the movie anyway. But you really should have watched it first. I mean, we know that that's kind of the, the theme of this show is that you watch the movie and then you come listen to us break down all these things and try to figure out inspirations and all that kind of stuff. So you know what you're getting into with piecing it together. You should know that by now. So anyway, uh, as always, I want to remind you to please make sure you are subscribed to Piecing It Together on your podcast app of choice you can find us on apple Podcasts, spotify pocket cast tune in radio iheart radio and a whole bunch of other apps and if you are an apple podcast user and you enjoy the show we'd love it if you rated us five stars and left us a review we want to know what you're thinking of the show so definitely let us know 
You can also join our Facebook group, Popcorn and Puzzle Pieces, which is where we talk about all of these movies and lots of other movies. And there's a lot of a lot of great people in that group, and we would love for you to join us. Um, and that does it for today. Why don't we uh, get in and out real quick here at this one? So it's a little bit of a short episode, but um, you know, it looks like we're going to hit the 40-minute mark once my music plays. But uh, yeah, let's play a piece of music. I'm thinking for a uh, a movie about the tethered and having this uh, this dark uh, opposite self. Why don't we go with a track called "Enemy" from my most recent album, "A Different Kind of Dream"? I think this fits the theme pretty well. And all points west. 